As we continue in the Gospel of John today, let us listen to these words filled with promise and hope from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, in whom we live and move and have our being. Amen. A pastor named Tom York preached a beautiful sermon on hope several years ago at my home church in Ohio, in which he defined hope as the vision of what might be, of what we might become. The vision drags us from where we are. It empowers us to get out of bed in the morning and shapes the contours of our day. And that hope for us is based on the promises of God made known through Jesus Christ. As we continue with our theme of hope throughout this season, moving us towards the day of Pentecost, we acknowledge the reality of our world, noting that there is an important distinction between hope and make-believe Pollyanna rose-colored glasses. If we hope without understanding the reality of our time, of the need for safety and caution and bearing through this pandemic, then it is mere wishing for things to get better on their own without our active participation. Jesus does not promise us a life without challenge or a blissful journey without actively trying to better the lives of those around us. No, but what he does assure us is that a life lived with God, no matter the storms or the trials, is a life that God walks with us, abiding within us. The Gospel of John shows us a God who, as Jesus, attends 
weddings and celebrates life in togetherness, mingling with us, near to us, even laughing and dancing with us. And yet, he knows that he is leaving. He knows he will be separated from his beloved disciples. So on this night, he offers words of promise. I will not leave you orphaned. Even in this time apart, nothing can separate us from the love of God. There is distance in these words. Jesus will be distanced from the disciples. And he promises the advocate, a guide, comforter, helper, friend, that spirit that so many of us feel as the love of God. There is an abiding sense of God's love breathed in and through you and me, strengthening us, encouraging us, prodding us, binding us together, even when we feel so far apart from one another. Jesus is nurturing his disciples. That care and love pours through his words and passes down through the centuries, through these words and through the witnesses of people and communities built on the love of God. But like hope, there is more involved in love, a deeper abiding responsibility that comes along with that love. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. Jesus nurtures his disciples and we can learn that we should nurture one another through that. Meaning discipleship is all about love and learning to love as Jesus loved. As Will lifted up last week, these words, this message is not exclusive, but it's radically inclusive. During Bible study this week, one of you said, isn't it wonderful that there are so many paths to God? You have no choice but to be caught up in that love. And we do get caught up in it. Jesus promises never to leave us orphaned or alone. Even now, if you are feeling alone, know that this promise is for you. You who are stressed and busy, you who are fighting the demons of addiction and depression and anxiety, you who are transgender and living with people who don't see you as you are, you who have lost jobs and you whose work has tripled, these words are for you. You who are pregnant and afraid, you who are quarantined with your abuser, Know that God is with you and loves you so deeply and wants the very best for you. You are known and seen and loved. This love is promised and present and accessible. And we as followers of Christ are called to be witnesses to it. 
how the church and the people of the church bear together through this time is a witness. It is a witness for our families. It is a witness for our friends, our community, our country, for the world. As the youth talked about in the service earlier today, God's love is all around us, even now, even when it's harder to see. With death and scarcity and fear all around, blinding us to one another's humanity at times. We, as the church, we have the power and the opportunity to lead. It is you who have stepped up to fill gaps in our society, the gaps that create lines down the street for mobile food pantries, the gaps that leave us aching and alone and longing for spiritual fulfillment, the gaps that tell us that we have to agree on ideology to work together. We know that's not true. We see every week in our churches folks working together who think very differently about politics or the way that things should be done. But we can agree on this call to love. That gap is where hope lives. And we are called to fill it. Fill it with the very love of God. And I know it's hard. Every church member I've talked to over the past few weeks are asking, when, 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 when can we get back together? When can we return to our beloved sanctuaries and the spiritual discipline of weekly gathering in song and in praise and liturgy and word? It's hard to admit that we don't have the answers right now. We don't know how to safely be side by side how to gather as the body of Christ these days. It's hard on you and it's hard on us pastors and church leaders who have come to rely on our weekly check-ins, our weekly handshakes and updates about joys and celebrations and health issues and concerns. Life lived in the little paper cups of coffee and measured by the sweetness of a weekly donut treat. We are so used to those things. We are so used to those things that say church to us, that ground us in our lives of faith. But we know, we know it's more than that. It's deeper than that. In this time, to seek to love and serve a God who comes to us in the mess of our pandemic lives, who comes to us to fear, in our fear and our loneliness, in our disappointment and our boredom and our anxiety and our tasks untackled. Now is a time when our spiritual journeys are more important than ever. Spirit is what pulls us through these times, gives us the strength to endure because we can't do it alone. We need God to walk this with us. We don't know what churches will look like on the other side of this. But if we are living our lives, witnessing to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, what will this become? Are we witnessing to the story of everlasting life? 
Are we witnessing to the systems, countering the systems of pain and injustice, broken systems and broken hearts? When we get on the other side of this, what will be built back up and what do we need to leave behind? We pray that we will be more like the church that God has dreamed for us than ever before. Last night, like every Saturday night, my neighbor, Brian, set up speakers on his porch as Louisa strung up her lights across the street. You see, they had this idea back in March to have social dis-dancing parties. Apartees, actually. Brian DJs and we all dance in our street and in our yards between 8 and 9 p.m. We dance away our frustrations, our worries from the week, and we laugh and we talk loudly from yard to yard and street to sidewalk. It's been a wonderful way to know my neighbors, to be better neighbors to one another in these few months. And I've gotten to know my neighbors more so in the year and a half since I've moved in, in these past few months, as we bear this time together, through creativity and humor. And I'm reminded of the ordination vows that we ask each other. We ask each elder and deacon and pastor to affirm Will you seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? Friends, now is the time for the church to gather up our energy and imagination to keep that essential command, that imperative to love as Christ loved. And you're already doing it creatively connecting and serving, meeting the call of this extraordinary time. The way we witness to Christ is love. If you love me, keep my commandments. Those who keep my commandments are who love me. The promise offered here is that when we love as Christ loved, God is revealed. So let us move forth into the week that lies ahead. Let us move forward into lives lived with love, revealing God's self world round. It's all about love, my friends. Alleluia. Amen.